Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Are you eating food or is food eating you up inside? The What's Eating You podcast is a series of mental health topics that are designed to make you think, learn, educate and validate. Enjoy the show. For those who don't know me, welcome to the podcast. My name is Stephanie Giorgio and I'm your resident host and psychologist. And I'm here to break down mental health topics or anything that may be eating you. Now, this is an interesting topic this week because the words binge eating, emotional eating, get thrown around a lot. But when does it actually become a problem and what can you do about it? Now, it is the last day of the month and I am so excited for this because every month I love to do a bit of a reflection and setting goals for the month ahead. So for this month, I'll share with you, my goal was to be a little bit more social, put myself out there. For those who don't know, I moved to Queensland from Melbourne earlier this year and I had no friends here. And I thought, you know what? It's going to be fine. I don't need friends. I don't need distractions. We can FaceTime, we can text, but you really do need social connection. And so I thought this is the month I'm going to put myself out there. Maybe I'll join a group fitness class, which I didn't. And that's okay. Maybe next month. But I did make an effort to catch up with people and to go to events. If you're unaware, I went through an eating disorder and in my teens and in my 20s, I was very stressed about going to events. And I think people should know that eating disorders and disordered eating extend to so much more than just the food. It is socializing not because you're anxious in social situations, but it's more about what am I going to eat? Am I going to binge eat? Should I eat before I go? Can I look at the menu? And these all sound like regular normal thoughts, but it's really not. Why can't we just show up somewhere and not even think about those things? And I know people are probably nodding along thinking, oh my gosh, this is me. I need to know if there's food. I need to look at the menu beforehand. And yes, to an extent, it is functional and fun. But if it's 
causing you distress and it's taking up a lot of mental real estate, maybe it is a problem. Going back to social events, I would freak out about what I was going to wear because I would never go shopping and I would never go shopping because it highlighted the disfaction I had towards my body. And I'm not sure if people can relate to this, but I would overcompensate by spending money on protein supplements or different active wear because I could justify that this was going towards my ultimate body and my ultimate self, but I wouldn't invest any time in fashion that made me feel good. And because of that, I would leave things to the last minute. I wouldn't buy an outfit and I'd feel so stressed before going out that I wouldn't even end up going in most cases. Safe to say this is a lot different now, but I do still have those moments where I think, oh my gosh, what am I going to wear? I have no nice clothes, but I'm also just not someone who shops all the time. I may go through stages where I buy clothes for an event and I feel really good when I do that, but I'm really big on investing your money and not spending money on BS. You don't need a new outfit. I will literally repeat the same outfits to the point my partner was like, Steph, do you own another skirt? And I'm like, okay, I'll wear something else because it's three hours of your life. And then that outfit is obsolete. No one cares. So going back to the point, I've totally gone on a Pisces tangent here. Apologies. My goal was to be more social this month. And I'm really proud I did that. So I did a few different things. I went to Melbourne, spent time with my family. I went to a boat show with some people. I had no idea who they were. I met people. I made good friends. Not really an interest in boats, but hey, there are some pretty cool boats out there. But even just seeing people, meeting people, chatting, networking, all of the things. And what else? I went to brunch with a friend who I'd met and I knew she lived here. And I was like, you know what? Why am I not connecting? We had a really beautiful, vulnerable brunch because I'm not someone who just catches up. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? I go deep. Like we cry, we get teary, we get emotional because I guess surface level conversations, there's always more. There's always deep. People always have stuff going on and I'm I'm keen. Like let's get to the deep stuff. Let's talk about what's meaningful in our lives. So that's what I'm proud of. And I want you to reflect on right now, what are you proud of this month? I'm referring to the word month in general because it is the end of May, but you may be listening to this, but you can still do this activity. What was challenging this month? To be honest, I didn't have many challenges over the course of May. The only thing was my partner went away for a little bit, so I had to look after the dog, and that comes with a whole set of um, responsibility and challenges and walking him, making sure he's fed and he's cuddled and all of that and just looking after the household. So it always highlights my appreciation uh, for my partner and, and how much he does do in the household. So that's always a good reminder. Now, the purpose of this episode is to talk about food. We may cover eating disorders, so a little bit of a trigger warning, but I think you're going to really enjoy this one. So let's talk about what is an unhealthy relationship with food? What is a healthy relationship with food? Because it does occur on a spectrum. Essentially, think of your life as a pie chart and your pie chart is made up of different things. Maybe a quarter is work. Maybe a quarter is family, friends. Maybe a quarter is uh, hobbies, exercise, going to the gym. Maybe a quarter is traveling, planning, adventuring, Maybe a quarter is anxiety and stress. 
I'm not sure, but your pie chart of life is essentially dominated by themes of food, exercise, body image, and there's not much else in there. Maybe work is very marginalized. Taking time for yourself is very marginalized, but I believe food and your body image can become an issue when it's your whole pie chart or it's more than 50% of your pie chart. So it takes up a lot of your mental real estate. You think about food, you have negative associations with food when you eat, and it takes a lot of mental capacity in the present for something that often happens in the past, what we ate last week, what we didn't eat, etc. So one thing that is going to blow your mind today is in many cases, food isn't the issue. It's so interesting. This blew my mind, right? Because think about it. You are so scared of gaining weight. You binge eat or you emotionally eat and you're like, I need help with my emotional or binge eating. But how often do you actually ask yourself, why am I doing this? Why am I binge eating? Why am I emotional eating? Why am I self-soothing my emotions with food? That's the real problem. The binge eating, the emotional eating is a symptom or a coping. And what do you think happens if we try to take that coping away? Think of all the times you've tried, that's it, tomorrow I'm going to stop binge eating, I'm going to stop emotional eating, I'm going to cut this out. Let's ask the Dr. Phil question. How's that going for you? Mm. And you have to realize that food often isn't the primary problem. It's usually a secondary problem or it's a coping mechanism to the primary problem. So we need to address what's underneath. You're probably thinking, what's the difference between binge eating and emotional eating? And I go through this in my programs, in my book, in my course, and I have such an exciting challenge coming up. It is called Binge Free Brain. And we take you through a challenge of becoming binge free in your brain, in your body, in your soul in just 28 days. So stay tuned for that because there's going to be a massive demand and I don't really work one-on-one very often or in groups. So this is going to be a game-changing situation. Okay. Emotional eating is eating for reasons other than hunger. You're eating because you're sad. You're happy. We forget to say that emotional eating can be a pleasurable, happy experience. We celebrate birthdays. We eat cake. It's when you feel bored for many people with ADHD. It's when you feel lonely. It's when you feel scared. It's when you feel down and you want to self-soothe. Whereas binge eating is eating a large amount of food in a short period of time. And it's associated with feelings of lack of control. It feels rapid. It feels quick. It feels like you don't really have much um what's the word, autonomy over the situation. And often following a binge is feelings of guilt and shame. Binges are usually done secretively. There's a lot of embarrassment around it for people. And you may not necessarily binge eat when you emotionally eat. Let me give an example. Sarah has a really tough day at work. She had to have a tough conversation with a colleague and she got some negative feedback and she was feeling quite upset and down and 
questioning whether this was the right job for her and she doesn't know what to do. She just got home. She just felt upset. She couldn't stop thinking about it. She felt anxious and she just grabbed chocolate and started eating the chocolate. Yeah. And maybe she thought, I need chips. I need my comfort food. So she had some hot chips for dinner. Sarah or Amy, I can't remember what name I used, may not have necessarily eaten five blocks of chocolate or three bags of chips. She may not have like gorged it down and thought, oh my God, I'm so fat. This is disgusting. What am I doing? I have no control. She may have just thought, oh, I'm feeling a bit sick from eating chips and chocolate for dinner, but I feel like way better than I did earlier today. So emotional eating, you don't necessarily eat a large amount of food in a short period of time. You're just eating for reasons other than hunger. Whereas binge eating, you can binge for no reason at all. You can just start eating regularly and think, oh my gosh, I screwed up. I should have been on a diet. What am I doing? I might as well just keep eating. And then you eat five blocks of chocolates and then two bowls of cereal, a loaf of bread, etc. Whereas emotional eating, it doesn't have to be a severe quantity, as does binge eating. There are some things called subjective binges in which people think that it's a binge, but it may not be a clinical binge, but in their mind it can be, but we'll leave that for another day. So what I encourage people to do is do a little bit of an audit. The next time you find yourself either binge eating or emotional eating, try to tap into what am I feeling? What am I doing? What am I needing right now? What am I needing? For me, whenever I'm craving sweets or chocolate and every now and then, yeah, I have it. But so much of the time I ask yourself, Steph, is there anything else you need right now other than chocolate? I'm like, yeah, I'm really tired. I need a nap. And I was like, go have a nap, go sleep. And when you wake up, You can have a whole chocolate cake if you want to, because what I try to test is, am I meeting a need that needs something else other than chocolate, right? So for example, someone may go out on all these Tinder dates and have all these one night stands and you do you boot, no judgment, but what are they really needing? Are they needing sex or are they needing to feel loved? to feel validated, to feel accepted, to feel wanted. So because they never felt wanted by their mother or father growing up and this unmet need has now developed into a promiscuity or sex problem. See what I mean? The problem isn't the problem. The problem is your attempt to find a solution to the real problem, which was a need for connection validation, attention. So when you think about your eating habits, ask yourself, what do I need right now? And if you're like, I need the ice cream, I need that Messina, yeah, go for it, do it. But ask yourself, am I needing anything else? Am I needing stress relief? Am I needing to literally do nothing? I used to actually call Fridays my die days because Fridays I used to be 
so dead by the end of the day. I don't know what it was. I think I was very busy. I probably had a lot of clients. I was studying at the time. And by the end of Friday, I was so depleted. So when I used to live in Melbourne, we used to go to Hooked. It's kind of like a hunky-dory. And that was my self-care Friday. Have that and then have ice cream, go to Messina, have a brownie. And I literally just needed to switch off and watch a movie. Now, it wasn't necessarily binge eating or eating a large amount of food or emotional eating, but what I really needed, what I needed was rest and rest meant not cooking. Not that I even cook anyway, but you know what I mean. So ask yourself, what am I needing? Now, this is called emotional hygiene. What a great term. We hear about sleep hygiene. We hear about body hygiene. Emotional hygiene is looking after your emotional health. Yeah. And that involves checking in with yourself, just like you'd wash yourself every day, I hope, for your hygiene in the shower. You need to keep your emotional hygiene clean too. So checking in, what am I feeling? What am I thinking? A couple of other questions to ask yourself if you think your eating could be problematic is, does my eating feel compulsive? Does it feel like I don't have control? Does it bother me? Does it leave me with negative feelings? Remember, it's hard to draw that line. Where does comfort eating, when does emotional eating, when does binge eating hit that point? And it hits that point when it goes beyond a certain point where it feels comfortable and happy and good. People say to me, you know what, Steph, I ordered Macca's and I didn't even enjoy it. I didn't like it. Yeah. And that's when we have to address what's underneath. Where did this urge for McDonald's come from? Did you get McDonald's as a child when you were rewarded? Honestly, the key is just developing your awareness around your behaviors. And this is so hard to do because we're all so busy and we're in the day-to-day grind and we don't have time to stop and think, but just ask yourself a question or two the next time you find yourself in this position. Because the goal is we want to stay within our window of tolerance. Now, window of tolerance is the window of which we can handle everyday stresses and situations. And when you flip out of that window of tolerance, that's when you go into hyperarousal, anxiety, stress, overwhelm, or hypoarousal, which is the off switch, depression, low mood, tired. And I actually have a window of tolerance toolkit that you can buy from the link in my bios on all socials that teaches you how do I stay within my window of tolerance so I can function at my best? Because emotional eating and binge eating can sometimes happen when we fall outside of that window of tolerance because we're trying to self-soothe dysregulation. And remember, emotional eating is not bad as long as it's not our only coping strategy. We want to emotionally eat in good company. And I talk about that in another episode on when is emotional eating unhealthy. So make sure you listen to that episode. And as always, I really appreciate all the reviews on Apple Podcast. I think I got one. Thank you, Jess, for your review recently. If you love it, please leave a review on Apple Podcast. Please leave a rating on Spotify. It means the world to me. And we have a massive goal to increase this podcast. And I'm so grateful that you've chosen to put me in your ears today. Have a great day. Have a great week. Know that you are enough and I am proud of you. 
See you soon, guys. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.